You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheParkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. And uh, Jackson, well, it's been a, been a while since we've we've hopped on to, to do a podcast, but uh, today is National Signing Day 2.0. I guess it's part two, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and start kind of going into these. Uh, so what was your overall feel of... of of the atmosphere for the recruits that were uh, signing on the dotted line for the Bulldogs today. Yeah. You know, it's been a, an interesting evolution of the February signing period. It, I mean, this used to be the day where all recruits would sign and they introduced the December period. And this date didn't mean a whole lot after that. There was a year the Bulldogs only signed one or two commits. And they first started that. And, and now it's kind of making a comeback, especially with the transfer portal. Uh, a lot of recruits or players are entering the portal, you know, so close to the December signing period that uh, so many of them are still available. And that's been a big uh, part of the, the focus for Fresno State. They ended up recruiting a whole bunch of junior college recruits that got overlooked earlier in the class and in, in the cycle. And so it's, it's been a busy month. Uh, a lot of official visits, a lot of transfers and JUCOs, especially that they've been going after. And um, yeah, it's just, been a busy day just tracking everything. Uh, the Bulldogs, they did not have a press conference today, so it's been all from home. Uh, we, we got used to being around the, the, the facilities on a day like this, and even not that long ago, seeing the coaches react to uh, faxes coming in and <laughs> that kind of stuff. But uh, it's a lot of it streamlined, and, and so uh, overall, we saw the Bulldogs sign eight recruits today. We knew about seven. The one was new today, and so there was a little bit of fireworks still left over for today. Absolutely. It's always nice to get a, a little bit of a surprise on uh, on signing day because uh, they don't usually get one past this, but uh, uh, but it looks like they did this time, Jackson. And, uh, you know, what's uh, what's your thought on that one? Uh, you know, one that you weren't sh- uh, didn't even know about but comes through the pipeline. What was your, your initial reaction? Yeah, so the Bulldogs land one commitment today, Ezra Christensen, uh, they, they signed eight again, but they, one was a new commit. And he's a guy I've talked to a bunch over the past couple of days trying to track this as close as I can. But you know, he did want to kind of reserve his decision for the big day and announce it to the public on the big signing day. So he, he kept it private. Um, also, uh, one of his other schools that he was considering is one I cover, San Jose State. So he was a little bit careful not <laughs> to tip us that one way or the other. The other was San Diego State. So. The Bulldogs, Spartans, and Aztecs all hosted Ezra Christensen on an official visit over the last uh, about 10 days now. <laughs> he squeezed in three visits all before the, the dead period. And a little bit about Christensen, he, he's got a really interesting story. He's originally from Sierra Leone in West Africa. Uh, he was living in an orphanage for most of his childhood and a family from the United States that had come over, uh, ended up adopting him. and. They took him back to the San Diego area when he was 15 years old. Um, so he's still you know, a much different path to college football than, than most recruits have been through. Uh, no background with American football, basically whatsoever. But uh, he is uh, six foot two and 275. He, you know, he liked 
physical sports and, and the only option he had back home was soccer. So when he got to the United States, he was really interested in American football, you know, kind of struggled to get it for a while. Um, kind of gave it up, I think, a little bit at first and then tried again the second time. COVID hits, you know, and uh, he finally started picking up some steam in high school and it was kind of too little too late in terms of doing anything big with it. But uh, he didn't even know what junior college was. <laughs> and uh, San Diego Mesa College from down the road uh, ended up recruiting him to their junior college. And uh, he has just really taken to it. He's blown up as a prospect. He had about 20 scholarship offers, uh, a ton of group of fives across the country, but really narrowed it down to the three California state schools lately. And uh, it's a really fun story, too, to hear about how he ended up being a bulldog. When he was on his official visit uh, this past weekend, or during the week, about a week ago today, um, he was really, really recruited heavily by Jethro Franklin, of course, the D-line coach, but also defensive coordinator Kevin Coyle. As Coach Coyle has coached multiple players from Sierra Leone in the NFL, uh, and one of them, particularly uh, Madhu Williams, uh, was a star for the Cincinnati Bengals while Coach Coyle was there. He was the uh, defensive backs coach drafted him, coached him up. He was a star for the Bengals, and he was actually able to connect the two, uh, Williams and Christensen, on a call. And he um, even tried to speak the Creole language, which is uh, native to uh, the speakers in, in Sierra Leone. Uh, he sent some texts to Christensen and Creole uh, over the last couple of days, and uh, that that bond really seemed to go a long way with Christensen. So. I mean, this was a guy that all three of those schools wanted really bad to be an instant impact kind of guy. And it's a big win for Fresno State. He's one of those candidates that could replace David Perales on the defensive end. And on this particular defense that is only missing a couple of guys from last year, uh, if he or, or anyone could fill that spot anywhere close to what Perales was last year, that's going to be a big deal for the Bulldogs in 2023. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely there's some holes to be filled. So uh, it's going to be some big shoes to to go in and try and and fill those. But uh, by the sounds of it, uh, he he sounds like he's the, the type of player that uh, Tedford likes. Uh, a lot of potential, a lot of upside to him. Uh, just as long as he can pick up uh, more of the game and the understanding, should be quite a fit for the Bulldogs uh, here in the near future. Now, uh, we're going to go ahead and run down some of these other players that also made the commitment to, uh, to Fresno State, um, first of which uh, is a, a uh, transfer portal uh, player, uh, running back Damian Moore coming from Cal, and uh, he was ranked 71 nationally um, back in 2020. Uh, so, you know, you cover Cal, so you you should be very familiar with this player, Jackson. What what can you tell us about him? Yeah, I got to see him play quite a bit, and uh, but didn't expect him to be available in the portal about this time a year ago, at least. Uh, you know, he got to Cal with a couple other recruits back in 2020, and and he was really the one that emerged. They only played four games in the COVID season in 2021, the fewest in the entire country, but. As a true freshman, he ended up, even with everything going on, not getting to go to campus until football season started, he ended up being the starter or the, the leading running back, at least statistically. And in 2021, he started most of the season, was quite productive, had a lot of big moments. 
And this past year in 2022, something just didn't seem quite right. Uh, he only played like three uh, snaps or, you know, he started the season opener that they had against UC Davis and didn't really play much the rest of the game. And we just kind of see him kind of show up for a little bit here and there across the season. I don't know if it was injury related or if something else was going on behind the scenes, but um, ultimately they did have a four-star freshman this year who uh, just tore it up. Jaden Ott was one of the most statistically productive freshman running backs in the country. And uh, he was probably going to start next year, whether Moore was there or not. Um, also more going into this year was a, a Doak Walker preseason candidate for one of the best running back uh, players in the country uh, for that award goes to. So it was kind of an odd way that the last few months transpired for him, but uh, if he can be anything like he was just recently in 2021. I mean, that's a huge deal for Fresno State without Jordan Mims. They've got to figure something out at running back. We've seen Malik Sherrod uh, be the number two for the Bulldogs this past season and show a lot of promise, but not much else in that backfield as far as experience goes. There's a lot of players on the roster, but not many that have many college uh, snaps under their belt. So uh, you get more in here, you feel pretty good about a more Sherrod backfield going into 2023. Now, we also have to keep in mind that uh, Ronnie Rivers' little brother is going to be coming in uh, this year as a freshman as well. So I don't know, Jackson, maybe maybe he gets a, a look or two um due to his uh, his family's pedigree, right? Yeah, I expect the freshmen, both of them, to, to get a look. Um, Rivers, of course, uh, does a lot of what his brother did. Uh, the Bulldogs also have Charles Greer coming in, another three-star running back from the Bay Area. He's got a little more size to him. Uh, you never know. Also, Brandon Ramirez from Memorial, he's supposed to come in as a safety, but uh, if the Bulldogs have trouble finding the right running back, maybe we see him get a shot there, so... Uh, I think outside of Sherrod being the favorite and now Moore coming in as a, a likely kind of the one-two there, I mean, it's fair game for the rest of the backfield. And we saw when Coach Tedford got here in 2017 and 18, they played about four running backs in both of those seasons. So uh, we've gotten a lot used to uh, seeing just one primary back the last couple of seasons. But uh, this could be the type of team where we see it go by committee. Absolutely, and uh, and the Bulldogs are they usually find a one they usually find a way to get the uh, running game uh, moving. So we'll just have to keep an eye and see what happens here with the progression of the incoming players here. But uh, as predicted, Jackson, we you know our last conversation we had, we were we were talking about uh, Fresno State possibly going after a couple of wide receivers to kind of fill those positions. And I believe they did so um, in uh, in this recruiting class for the today's signing day. First of which is wide receiver Antoine <laughs> Anthony Sullivan. Uh, there I go again. I'm going to murder some names. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, uh, God, I'm going to leave that for you. Well, we'll just call him <laughs> Sullivan. He's coming in at six foot three, 185 pounds, and of course, he's coming out of San Diego, California. So, Jackson, tell us a little bit more about uh, about Sullivan here. Yeah, yeah, I think you had it right first, Antoine Sullivan. <laughs> uh, I'm not good cool with these names, about, man. <laughs> cool thing about him, he comes from uh, the same college as Ezra Christensen. They both are out of San Diego Mesa Junior College. And um, the thing about Sullivan is that he has quite a bit of size to him. He is six foot three, 185 pounds, kind of comes from a basketball background. He's Real tall, lanky, uh, could get those jump balls, those 50-50 balls, could be a red zone target. And 
we, we knew that the Bulldogs were still looking for outside receivers, even after getting Tim Greer from Butera College after the December signing period. Uh, we saw quite a few uh, transfer portal prospects visit the Bulldogs over the course of the last month or two, uh, but they did have trouble uh, securing one of those guys. So they did turn to the junior college route, and Sullivan was one of the first targets that they locked in on. And uh, he didn't have a whole lot of other offers, just the Mexico State and Texas Tech. But uh, if you watch his film and, and see what he does, uh, I think he's a real promising athlete on the outside. Um, you know, Tim Greer is the Bulldogs' number one rated commit in the class right now, and Sullivan's not great at all. <laughs> I don't think the gap between those two is all that wide. So we're going to see those two come in, compete with guys like Magdalena and some of the other returners coming back. There's not a lot on the outside, but uh, these two uh, are definitely going to be competing for those spots that are now open. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Another another wide receiver coming in in today's signing day uh, is wide receiver Artis Cole, uh, another JUCO wide receiver. Um, he was ranked number thirteenth by uh, twenty four seven Sports. Six foot, uh, one hundred and ninety five pounds. Uh, comes out of Glendale Community College. So, um, and it looks like he's his actually all the way from Louisiana. So what, what do you know more about this uh, this player here? Yeah, I believe uh, Greer also had a, a move from Louisiana. So right. a couple of, um, of new receivers that are California recruits but are originally from uh, about the southeast area. Um, Cole is a, you know, the California junior colleges are among the most competitive in the country, and it's been a real help for Fresno State. Uh, to be able to go that route and, and try to find some of those players. And um, we talked about the outside receivers, but the Bulldogs definitely have a big hole to fill with Nico Remigio at slot. And uh, before him, Jalen Cropper was there, and he's not around anymore either. So uh, Eric Brooks is back, and he is in good position to probably start or at least contribute as much as he did last year at the very least. But uh, they also have to worry about returns. We saw Rubio really excel there too. And Artis Cole is a player that's done all that at the junior college level. He played in the slot. The cool thing about him is that he is six feet tall and he's 195 pounds. So you know, he wouldn't be too small on the outside, but uh, he's more of a, a larger slot receiver. That's where he's played at the junior college level already. And um, he's handled punt returns and kick returns. Did a lot of that and, and showed some promise there. Had a couple of big returns, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be an open competition for Fresno State. But you would imagine Cole's one of the guys that they're, they're going to look at first. Again, like Sullivan, you know, not a lot of high recruiting accolades, uh, not a lot of other offers. He did have New Mexico State, Northwestern State, and San Diego University. So uh, the Bulldogs, they they did make quite a haul last year with a couple of junior college recruits that didn't have many other offers that really panned out guys like Jacob Spomer and Johnny Hudson and Carlton Johnson. And they're going to be counting on players like Cole and Sullivan to, to do the same for them this year. Absolutely. They're going to try and, and fill those gaps that's being left behind by some, uh, by a couple of really uh, talented players that are, are now, uh, well, they're, they're trying to get their shot at the NFL. So, 
um, having these wide receivers come in and compete right away. That's gonna uh, is a good thing for the Bulldogs, especially when they uh, did pick up a quarterback that uh, at least is coming in with some type of experience. Uh, it should make for a, a good um, a good offense if uh, if they can get the right pieces in the right places here. Now, uh, another position that we kind of mentioned that uh, the Bulldogs are probably going to be going and taking a look at is the offensive line position. And right now, uh, uh, today, they picked up one in by the name of Edward uh, Fanua. Uh, I'm, I'm going with that, Jackson. Edward <laughs> Fanua, um, six foot three, three hundred and ten pounds, out of Cerritos College previously out of orange california uh lutheran high school so he uh, he did hold some uh looks like pac-12 interest and so what more can you tell us about him yeah for Noah, uh, he comes from cerritos college and uh it's a little interesting background with him he was in the bay area uh when covid hit he went down south to la with another family just to play some football uh, where he was allowed to and uh, ended up staying down there having some success but had to go the junior college route. Was only there for one year. That's where he differs from most of these junior college recruits for the Bulldogs. Uh, Fonua just spent one season, it was one semester really, at the junior college level. Uh, had the grades to go D1, doesn't have to wait to get his AA or anything like that. So um, when Fresno State offered, I mean, he was all in. He was ready to make the jump. He's on campus already. Um, it was also nice to see that uh, Fresno State was able to, to – We'd connect with some of the, the Polynesian recruits, but despite no longer having one on the roster as far as the coaching staff. Uh, Saga Tuatelli, of course, has left for Arizona State. And, and very interestingly, if you look at Edward Fonua's uh, Twitter feed, you'll see a picture of Tuatelli and Fonua on an in-home visit. So uh, there's not really a solid offer you can share besides Fresno State, but you can tell even a Pac-12 school was interested enough to spend some of that valuable in-home visit time with them just very recently. So uh, he's a prospect that I, I think if he had stayed another year, he probably would have had quite a few offers to pick from if he had kind of gone the traditional route and stayed two years of Juco ball. Uh, he was scored as an All-American um, by some outlets and all, all league and all state and everything. He had a very productive season. He told me he did not allow a single sack which is going to be good news for Fresno State fans who have been looking forward to that pass production improving. Uh, <laughs> He's going to have his had, work cut out for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He also had a running back who ended up, um, I believe he signed with BYU. He also had a lot of the very same accolades, a lot of stats. So they did both of that stuff at Cerritos. They were successful with both, and he was one of the big reasons for it. Um, yeah, he is 6'3 and 3'10. is a big body, strong uh, I see a little bit of Natane Muti kind of in his game. Interestingly, they're both from a, a Tongan background. Um, so, But when you watch his film, he's at left tackle, and his size probably translates more for the interior. So I'm thinking he might fit more at guard, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but uh, kind of a late pickup here. The Bulldogs already had two junior college linemen, uh, Caleb Barajas and uh, Hayden Poulos, who both project at tackle. So now they've got three, and you know I'm not convinced the Bulldogs are done yet either. Uh, we're hearing that they're going to still be recruiting pretty hard in the coming months, and we'll see some more additions. And I think offensive line is going to be part to do with it. But Bonilla definitely a, a solid pickup, and we'll see exactly where he fits in uh, this spring. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the, the Bulldogs did what they could to kind of uh, shore things up on the offensive side of things. So now we're going to we're going to start taking a look at what they they were able to do today to kind of help out that defense. Um, and first of all, they, they went out and got to the transfer portal and picked up linebacker Tua C.V. Namura. I think I'm close. Um, and he was a four-star recruit out of high school. Uh, he had a 90 rating by two, uh, 24-7 sports as a high schooler. Um, so he was an, and number 25 outside linebacker nationally in the 2019 class. Comes in at six foot one, 230 pounds. So uh, Jackson, uh, a great grab for the Bulldogs here coming out of uh, USC. Definitely. And now two years in a row, we're seeing linebackers from USC show up to Fresno State. Last year, of course, Raymond Scott made that same move. Um, Nomura was a player who uh, didn't see a whole lot of action up until this last year where uh, USC was about one win away from being in the college football playoffs. And he was a big part of that. He played 11 games and he started three, particularly later in the season. He a mixture of injuries and a, a couple of big performances by him got him in the starting lineup there for a while. And he took advantage, uh, finished with 24 tackles, had a one and a half tackles for loss. And he's still got two years of eligibility. So you know, a lot of people are going to say, you got Scott, you got um, Lavelle Bailey, you got Malachi Kai Langley. Langley um, you know, how, how much of a need is there for a guy like Tuasivi Nomura in the class? But um, I, this is... There's two items to consider here is that Fresno State has a desire to be multiple and to run different packages and formations. And, you know, they finished the year with two healthy linebackers that they, you know, that had the starting level experience. And so depth alone, even if they're in a 4 2 5, is important. And uh, both Bailey and Scott are now going to be super seniors. And Langley and Nomura are both going to have another year in 2024. So that spreads it out a little bit too. Um, but if the Bulldogs want to run some real four, uh, three defensive schemes or even some three, four, you know, they've got now four trusty linebackers to go to. And, you know, hopefully they can bring some of the other guys along. Phoenix Jackson was right there last season and a whole bunch of others. Tyler Mello was in that discussion. Uh, so the, the linebacker unit got by last year, but it could have been real scary if they had one more injury. And uh, now it feels like they have the depth, they're well rounded. But Nomura individually, uh, he was an outside backer coming out of high school, transitioned to inside backer pretty quickly at USC, and he's most known for being a, a real physical hard hitter. Uh, you're going to see that hair flowing out of the helmet, and you're just going to see him launch and deliver some punishing hits. Uh, there's a lot of clips on, on the internet of him just demolishing offensive players, and that's with a sample of uh, 24 tackles this past year. <laughs> Quite a few of them were highlight-worthy. Uh, one other story, I'm going to expand on it soon on an article for Barkboard.com, but there was reportedly one incident this past season at USC where he actually broke his finger and it was exposed, sticking out of the skin in his hand, and uh, he kept playing. He didn't tell anybody. <laughs> so, uh, it doesn't get much tougher than this guy, and uh, uh, we all know in the Valley and the Fresno State, uh, Bulldog fans love players like that, so... I think he's going to bring a little bit of a different dimension and really help the Bulldogs, if not already in 2023, help them in 24 transition uh, when guys like uh, Bailey and Scott have graduated for good. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, that that really helps coming in um, some hard-nosed 
a hard-nosed player to, to add to this defense is something that uh, fans are really going to like having him here. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be a fun one to watch this upcoming season. Next on the list, we've got cornerback. Uh, <laughs> where are we getting these names, Jackson? You, you, you love you love watching me squirm when I start calling them out. Um, ah, Marion Ashley, I think. Uh, I'm going with that. Ah, Marion Ashley. Um, and he is a three-star recruit, 82 rating by 24-7 Sports number 177 cornerback nationally and comes in at five foot 11 176 pounds out of stockton california and uh, so what can you what can you tell us about him yeah marion ashley is coming out of stockton but he's originally from florida he, he moved out to california uh during his high school years kind of flew under the radar now, stockton is usually recruited pretty good and, and fresno state has been there a lot the last couple of classes uh, but uh, Ashley didn't really show up on the radar till late this past month. Um, he, he did. He is the only high school addition in this uh, entire February period for Fresno State, as far as uh, scholarship players go. And the one thing that stands out about him, really, when you watch the film, is just his speed. You know, he is a, has top track speed, and you see it <laughs> whether he's got the ball in his hands or he's just playing on defense. Uh, I mean, it, it, the speed is something else. It, you know, we talk about fast players, but he just looks like he's got a whole different gear or two compared to everyone else on film. Uh, this move was really as a, kind of a return to replace what the Bulldogs lost in um, Amari Conley. Uh, kind of similar. Conley had a lot of track speed. He was supposed to be a cornerback for the Bulldogs out of local Central High School. He ended up flipping to San Jose State back in de- December. So. The Bulldogs addressed that spot with a very similar player, um, probably one that wasn't quite as well known on the recruiting trail, but might have a higher end speed. And uh, Conley is already one of the, the fastest in the state. But uh, really excited to see what they can do. He feels like a guy that, um, whether it's at cornerback or special teams, he's going to find a way on the field uh, sooner rather than later with the, the attributes he has. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be. You know, coming in uh, with that kind of a potential, it's going to be uh, great to watch his transformation and uh, and see if he has the ability to kind of crack that starting lineup uh, for the Bulldogs. We know that the the Bulldogs have, have been uh, a little up and down when it comes to the cornerbacks, right, Jackson, those last couple of seasons? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the signing period has been, you know, they, they, they handled most of their business already, but they were able to address some of these last positions. So the cornerback position has been one that really took off for the Bulldogs uh, last year when you had guys like Carlton Johnson and Cam Walker to really have a big season. So um, the way that they've performed this season, uh, I think it's going to go a long way. And now you're seeing them even recruit players that look a lot like those guys because um, <laughs> that's you know, definitely going to help. Yeah, you know, when I asked Ashley, I thought, oh, you know, you're from Florida, you came to kind of Central California, you, you seem a lot like. Cam Lockridge's story, and I asked him if they spent much time on the visit, but the guy that he really hung out with was uh, Carlton Johnson, and that's because, well, you know, we maybe not have not quite seen it yet, but Johnson is one of the fastest players on the whole team. <laughs> and so <laughs> Ashley's a guy that's very, very much like him, very fast, They're not going to be the, the biggest, most physical player, but uh, they, I think you got a similar mold there with, with Ashley. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch these guys uh, start to progress into the into that defense. 
Now, another player being added, uh, uh, you know, actually a very important position since we are losing a uh, a star player at this position is safety Dean Clark. He is a he is a transfer portal transfer portal transfer, um, and he's coming in from Kent State. Uh, Three-star recruit. Uh, he had a 91 rating by 24/7 Sports as a high schooler, and uh, he's coming in at six foot, 211 pounds. So, uh, big shoes to fill on this one, Jackson. Right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I mean, this has got to be your answer to losing Evan Williams, who is now at Oregon. Um, you know, Dean Clark fits a lot of the same uh, attributes that you saw with Williams. They're pretty similar in size. Um, Clark is a, I believe a little bit bigger at six foot two eleven, not by a whole lot, but um, you, you look statistically as well. Uh, Clark had a big twenty twenty one season. He had one hundred and sixteen tackles, uh, and it was a fourteen game season for Kent State that year. They did make it to the MAC championship game, um, but I'm not, nevertheless, one hundred sixteen tackles is big, and that's the kind of player you want to fill the gap here. Uh, the Bulldogs have a lot of. Safety's coming back. I played somewhat, you know, a little bit here and there, had roles or filled in at times. But, you know, you lose Williams, not only Williams, but LJ Early and Elijah Gates. And you need someone that really has solid experience and has proven it to make you feel comfortable going into this year. And Clark is that guy. Uh, he also had a big 2020 season, uh, shortened by COVID, but really put up a lot of production in a short season. Uh, going into 2022, uh, he suffered a ruptured Achilles, <coughs> excuse me, in about January. So it, it kept him out for the majority of the season. He should be all healed and ready to go in 2023, but uh, not much to, to say about his previous season. But uh, it did end up giving him a red shirt, and so he was able to uh, retain a year. He's got two years of eligibility for the Bulldogs. So uh, we'll see if he becomes a two-year starter here. Yeah, and we all saw what happened when Williams was um, was un- unable to play last year, and so to find someone who is more than capable of filling that that position is uh, is key for the Bulldogs because uh, we saw the defense take a huge dip once Williams was gone, um, and and then they went on that uh, f- you know that four game losing streak uh, slide. Uh, only to turn it around and uh, and 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 come off with a, an NCAA record uh, for the, the biggest turnaround uh, in one season. <laughs> so it's going to be key to see just how uh, Dean Clark uh, will fit into this uh, defense. Hopefully he is uh, what the Bulldogs are looking for to make that happen. Now, of course, Jackson, we're, we have all these players that are, are leaving the Bulldogs this, this past year, uh, graduating, moving on. But um one thing that we also have to take a look at is is what does that mean uh, also for the Bulldogs coaching wise, and there was a, a couple of moves that that was made, uh, some shifting and and things happening on the Bulldogs coaching staff. So uh, why don't you break it down for us as to what has happened uh, during the off season? Well, it's been a busy off season, and one you know you, you kind of anticipate when President State has a good year that some of their coaches are going to get poached, but. Being just a first-year staff, you know, you hoped maybe they would stick around for a little bit longer. Um, we've seen you know, usually it takes about two years for uh, a lot of these coaches to end up getting picked off. But 
we saw a lot of movement quickly. Saga Tuatelli didn't even make it to the bowl game. Arizona State hired him as their old line coach and run game coordinator. Uh, the Bulldogs replaced him with Brian Armstrong, a offensive line coach out of Montana State. Uh, he had a lot of success there. Uh, showed up there as a program that was not very good and leaves uh, as a team that nearly won the FCS National Championship. Uh, they were one of the best teams at the FCS level for the last couple of years now. And a uh, big part of that had to do with the O-line. They had some record-setting uh, rushing numbers for their program over the course of the last couple of seasons. And uh, his schemes and, and what he does with O-linemen had a lot to do with that. So uh, we'll see how, how you know, he's able to improve the O-line, hopefully. Uh, it's been a sore spot for an offense that's been uh, very productive over the last couple of years. Uh, Bulldogs aren't going to have Jay Kaner and, and Jalen Cropper and a whole bunch of other guys to rely on uh, anymore. <laughs> They're going to need a, a much stronger O-line moving forward. So hopefully he's the guy to do that. Uh, and more recently, uh, well, we announced on, reported on Barkboard for the VIP subscribers about a month ago already that uh, these moves were happening, but they were just announced uh, yesterday that Pat McCann is going to be moving to offensive coordinator. He was uh, previously hired as the receivers coach for just this last season. And he's going to continue to coach receivers, uh, but he's also going to have offensive coordinator duties. So he'll be uh, not moving to quarterbacks like uh, Kirby Moore did before him. Uh, Kirby Moore was hired by Missouri as their offensive coordinator, which which created that vacancy. And with McCann, we've seen him handle offensive coordinator roles before. Uh, he did it very earlier in his career at smaller schools, but more recently at Eastern Washington, he got thrown into an interim OC position and they ended up scoring about 42 points per game. We're number two in the FCS in scoring offense. And so uh, they're hoping he can deliver some of the same. Uh, he was already the Bulldogs pass the game coordinator. So uh, he was very much involved last year with a lot of the coordinator type duties from a different perspective. So uh, I'm excited about him being elevated. And the quarterback's coach, uh, they brought in Matt Wade, was already on the staff as what's called a quality control assistant. Uh, some of the behind-the-scenes extra coaches that Fresno State's allowed to have, uh, he was helping with the quarterbacks and being an, an extra hand to Kirby Moore, and now he is going to be promoted to being the guy that handles the quarterbacks. Um, and it, usually when you think about those positions, you think about uh, kind of an up-and-comer uh, that is just trying to get their foot in the door. Uh, but Wade uh, was actually just recently an offensive coordinator at the FCS level, he was the OC at Southern Utah for two seasons before coming to Fresno State. Um, he also spent quite a few years at uh, UC Davis, I believe. He had a long run at a, a D3 school called Pacific, uh, where he was the coordinator there. So, I, I mean, he, he's a guy that is not just handling quarterbacks, but uh, is very well-versed with offenses. So, uh, two big moves there. Uh, and then, just when it looked like the staff was all settled, uh, another coaching move occurred. Boise State swiped the Bulldogs running backs coach, James Montgomery, a little bit of payback for Fresno State stealing uh, Lee Marks a couple of years ago from the Broncos. And so now the Bulldogs have a running backs position to fill. Uh, we've broken news on the VIP board about who that's going to be, uh, but it is not public knowledge yet. And so uh, if you want to get that scoop, head over to barkboard.com. And also, um, if you're catching us here on signing day, uh, before 9 p.m. Pacific time, we do have a sale going on. Uh, it's 60% off a year. It's only $3.58 a month when you break it down that way. 
Um, but it is going to run out at 9 p.m. Pacific time uh, here on signing day. Uh, if you miss it, uh, you can still get some deals. Uh, I believe we'll have 30% off for a year or $1 for your first month uh, after that sale ends. So uh, one way or another, uh, we hope that you take advantage and get a good deal and uh, get the scoop on what's going on for Fresno State football and recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. The I I think Jackson that the uh, Fresno State fans are are starting to have a little bit of uh, PTSD when it comes to coaching staff, uh, because every time uh, they get get things rolling, the coaching staff tends to 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 get uh, poached away, and so there's been a little bit of PTSD happening. Being every so often, the coaching staff just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> just as long as uh, uh, just as long as they don't completely the whole you know the whole supporting coaching staff gets uh, swiped away, I think Tedford should be fine for for a little bit here in uh, in the next couple of seasons at least. Um, but that being said, Jackson, we, you know we've we've now covered what has happened in the football world, but of course uh, we're going to give it a little bit of time and a little bit of love towards basketball although i don't know how much people are loving fresno state basketball <laughs> at the moment jackson uh you've had a chance to kind of see what's going on over there um for the the men's basketball team and um I, all i can say jackson is um god bless you for for taking the time to do that <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what your experience has been so far uh this season for fresno state basketball yeah you know this season has um it, it's been challenging for the Bulldogs, but it hasn't quite been ugly by any means. I mean, <laughs> until just recently. Uh, what I mean by that is pretty much every loss that they sustained has been single digits. They've been kind of the same story. The, def- the Bulldogs usually play good defense, and the offense just isn't very good. And some days they score enough to win, and, and more often than not, they don't. But uh, And then we had a stretch where, the Bulldogs were missing what felt like half the team. They had so many injuries, they could barely field enough guys to play. Um, but in a odd turn, you know, the, they're healthy now, and they're as strong as far as numbers as they've been in a while. And they lose to Utah State at home by 17, and then they go to Wyoming and lose by 23. Uh, I mean, probably their two worst performances of the season. It's hard to to figure that out, you know, just wasn't too far ago that they, uh, they upset New Mexico as a ranked team. Then they lost three in a row. Then they bounced back. They had a really good game against UNLV, um, and, and played Boise state pretty decently on the road too. Right after that, they did lose by 10, but it was a competitive game most of the time. And out of nowhere, uh, these last two games just have not been competitive. It feels like the air has been deflated from the team for whatever reason. Um, you know, we, we never see, we very rarely see this team get blown out at home. Uh, that was Utah State loss was the biggest of the year at home. And then going to Wyoming, a team that going into that game was last in the entire conference, had only won one conference game, and they just shot the lights out on the Bulldogs, made 10 three-pointers in the first half, uh, delivered the Bulldogs their worst loss of the entire year, uh, while certainly not being anywhere close to the best team that Fresno State's faced. Uh, it's really put the Bulldogs in a tough spot. And there's a lot of clamoring about Coach Justin Hudson, of course. He's got one more year on his contract. And you very rarely see coaches on that lame duck one year. Uh, so the, uh, this, there's got to be a point after the season, you would assume, that 
he's either going to be extended or let go. And, and these last two games have really not been uh, in his favor for the first scenario. Um, and they're, they're getting to a point now where if they don't recover here, well, there's still a time they've got um, 11 games left to go before the conference tournament. And I don't anticipate that they're going to turn things all the way around um, and be very competitive in the Mountain West tournament. But if it keeps being as ugly as it's been the last couple of games, it's going to be hard to justify not making a move. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. There's also a lot of money on the line for such a deal to happen. I'm hearing it's in the ballpark of half a million for a buyout. So um, it's going to be a very interesting time here for Fresno State men's basketball over the next uh, about 40 days, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, because that's a, that's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's going to get to a point where it's going to force Fresno State to to make a decision, either uh, cut ties, eat, bite the bullet, pay the pay the piper, or uh, stick with him for another another season. So um, I don't know, Jackson. That's it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Either way, I mean, uh, if he's not successful and you keep him around for another miserable season, then uh, everyone's going to be saying, well, why didn't you cut him last year? But if you cut him this year, then it's going to hurt the Fresno State's pocketbook. So you're kind of screwed either way, right, Jackson? (laughs) That's a tough spot. And the other factor is that, you know, we we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves or anything, but, you know, there are definitely – legitimate scenarios in play where the Bulldogs could be in the Big 12 or the Pac-12. I mean, it's still a lot's got to happen, but um, it's something that feels like is more realistically a, a scenario than ever before. And uh, if it happens, it's probably going to go down over the next year at some point. So, you know, if you're making a hire right now, you, you can't promise someone that you're going to be in the Big 12. You're hiring a Mountain West head coach, but if you do wait a year, you know, you might have a vastly different pool of coaches to hire from if you're going into the Big 12 um, or the Pac-12. And, you know, those two conferences are, are going to want President State to elevate their basketball program. So uh, the timing is, is also very delicate here, too, when you look at that, uh, at that aspect. Um, and then as well with the transfer portal, uh, we haven't seen Fresno State uh, handle a coaching change in the portal yet for football or, or basketball, one that has major consequences. And it does feel like if the Bulldogs do make a move that, you know, pretty much the whole roster is full of Hudson guys. Uh, a lot of them are likely to move on. And there's going to be quite a task for the next coach to, to bring players in. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the, it's tough for the basketball team to keep going at the rate it's going much longer, but, there's going to be a lot of things that will transpire if uh, such a move occurs. Yeah, it's definitely going to put uh, the Bulldogs in a tough position. <clears throat> so uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, if they're able to kind of turn things around, uh, then uh, you know the coach might be able to uh, gain himself a reprieve <laughs> for the time being. Um, however, things have not been panning out uh, very well so far for the Bulldogs. What they need to do is they, they need to start to at least make these games closer than what they have been in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I, I don't know, Jackson, that could be a tall order, um, especially for the morale of the Bulldogs right now at this time uh, happening right now with the, the basketball team. But heading into 
the conference tournament, uh, it, you know, if, even if they could get into the tournament and have a good showing, that might be just enough to keep the coach around and they can say, well, there was a lot of injuries this year. Well, let's just chalk it up to bad luck for the Bulldogs. That could very well be a possibility, right, Jackson? Yeah, that's probably the one thing Coach has in his favor, which is definitely not in his favor right now. But the fact that JoJo Hunter has not played at all this year, I mean, he was a four-star recruit, was expected to be a big part of this team. We haven't seen him at all, of course, with the preseason injury. A couple of other additions, uh, Jordan Brinson and, and Chuk Sisatua, neither one of those guys have really made much of a contribution this year due to injuries. And then just recently, I mean, we saw the team down to seven, six healthy guys at times. And, um, uh, that, that's been unfortunate. Jamal Baker, who we've seen him when healthy, can be a 20-point scorer, and, but haven't seen him too healthy very often. So, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of room here for Fresno State to potentially improve their odds for the tournament. They're in tenth or ninth place right now in the Mountain West. And they could move up to about as high as six. That's about as good as it's going to get from what I see. The Bulldogs are three and a half games out of fifth place. The top five teams are all really distancing themselves. But they're going to face UNLV, San Jose State, and Air Force all again, the three teams in front of them. And if they can surge and get to that sixth seed, uh, maybe win a game or two in, in Vegas, it could be enough to keep the current staff afloat. But uh, you know, they they definitely can't afford to have the types of lopsided losses they've had the last two games. It wasn't something we were used to seeing. You know, even when Coach Hutt's teams were not at the greatest in past years, they, it seems like they've always been competitive and they never gave up. And, and it doesn't feel that same way the last two outings. Yeah, absolutely. So things things need to turn around and they need to turn around quickly for the Bulldogs in order to um, have a, a, a decent shot in the conference uh the conference tournament so we'll see how things shake out of course jackson will be following that along as um, as much as possible and keep you up to date over at the barkboard.com so uh, like jackson mentioned before if you're not a premium subscriber now's the time to do it uh take uh, advantage of the special happening today and um and uh, you know if you're on the fence why not take a chance on it? Uh, I can guarantee you will not be disappointed uh, as there are other perks that come along with that later on uh, in your subscription process. Now, Jackson, before we start wrapping this one up, you got any final thoughts uh, for, on anything out there that you want to go ahead and share with everyone? Yeah, just stay tuned with BarkBoard.com. You know, we've been covering all the recruiting process leading to this point, all the visits and commits and I've got a lot of interviews with the commits that haven't run yet. So over the next week or so, week or two, you know, we'll spread those out, have a real in-depth insider interviews with all these new Bulldogs. And uh, a lot of those are, are really interesting and in-depth. And you get to know those players and their process at a different level here. Uh, Ezra Christensen talked about uh, Coach Coyle speaking Creole to him and <laughs> all those little things. Um, and, uh, of course, basketball is going on. And, uh, if there is a coaching search, it will surely be on top of all of that. But don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there. Uh, we'll see how things roll with Coach Hutt the rest of the season. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, and uh, just a whole lot going on on the premium board. And even though today usually was was marked the end of signing day, it's not quite or the end of the recruiting cycle. 
not quite how it works anymore. <laughs> uh, the Bulldogs are going to keep recruiting. We'll see quite a few more additions before fall camp. Um, we've got spring football coming up as well. Uh, I believe we're just one month away. Sometime in March, that's going to kick off, and we're at all those practices. Um, the Bulldogs will also start recruiting the 2024 class a lot heavier here soon. So um, we're quite a ways away from football season, but. There's a whole lot going on with Fresno State football and the other sports and barksport.com. We're on it uh, all year round. Absolutely. And, and of course, Jackson and I are going to continue to try and get these uh, podcasts out. They might not happen as, as regularly as it uh, does when uh, the season is going, but we are going to make an effort to tr- at least get something out uh, from now until – uh, it, you know, as many shows in before the season happens again, just to keep you uh, keep you on your toes a little bit uh, with the latest information. So we'll we'll keep trying to put some some shows together and uh, and and give you the latest information. But by all means, please continue to check in over at thebarkboard.com as uh, there's always something happening over there, especially on the premium boards where there's a lot of information being shared that's not necessarily. Uh, shared with the public so again if you ha- if you're not a premium subscriber uh, you're you're missing out so head on over there and and get your subscription today that being said if you're looking for jackson you can find him on uh, twitter at jackson Moore 247 you can find me on twitter at red wave report and as always take a look at our facebook page be- uh, give it a like we are about five to six thousand strong and growing uh, so be a part of that community. And as always, head over to thebarkboard.com where you can be a, uh, a part of both the free and premium subscription over at the Barkboard. We have the, board, the, the message boards where there's a lot of uh, talk going on all the time. I want to thank everyone for joining us and continue to, uh, you know, just keep checking back in. Uh, you know, this is going to be a long period before the season happens, but we're going to continue to push out more information to you as much as possible. Thank you for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.